1: with Wings Productions presents episode 34 of the Skylark Bell Wingspan. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In our previous episode, after Lucas's final attempt at returning to his own timeline fails, he turns his back on Meadow Lane. In today's episode, we read chapter 34, The Letter in which Magpie receives a mysterious letter requesting she visit a nearby care home. Be sure to listen through to the end of the episode for a preview of a podcast I quite enjoy called The Nightcap. Now it's time to settle in, grab a blanket and a warm drink, and let's get started. It has been eight years since Magpie landed in Pocket and began living as Farfalla. "'She has fallen into her routines and keeps herself busy knitting and cooking. "'When Monsieur Tortoro retired last year and sold his bakery to Mr. and Mrs. Tofetto, "'she wrote a note to introduce herself and came to an agreement with them "'that she would provide blackberry jam for them to sell "'in exchange for a small loaf of bread every other day. "'From the very beginning they treat her with kindness and respect.' not harboring the fear and mistrust that most of the local residents do, perhaps because they are not native to Pocket. Occasionally, Mrs. Toffetto sneaks one of her beautiful cupcakes or a canister of herbal tea into the package with Farfalla's bread, and they provide her with birdseed when they go to the neighboring town for supplies. Magpie is walking home from the diner, as is her custom. It's a beautiful spring day. The magnolia in front of Tofettos is in full bloom, as are the tulips and hyacinths, and she inhales deeply to collect their perfume off the breeze. She glances at the front porch of Tofettos, and sure enough, her package is in a large paper bag waiting for her. She climbs up the steps to collect it, waving at them through the window before heading back down and turning the corner to get to her house. As she reaches her front door, Magpie sees an envelope tucked in the crack between the door and the wall. She puts her package down at her feet and takes the envelope, turning it over in her hands to see what is written on the front. Her heart skips a beat when she sees who it is addressed to, Margaret Phaeton, her real name, not just her name Magpie, but her real given name. No one knows her real name here, not a soul. She hasn't even been born yet. There is no address on the envelope, no stamp, nothing to indicate where it has come from or who sent it. Magpie turns and looks around nervously, half expecting someone to be watching her. But her quiet little street is deserted. She unlocks the door with a trembling hand, gathers her package and steps into the house, Closing and locking the door tightly behind her. She places the letter on the dining room table and busies herself with putting away the bread and bonus cherry turnovers that Mrs. Tofetto has packed in her bag. She puts on the kettle and grabs a mug from the cupboard, selects an herbal tea with lavender to calm her nerves, and stands by the stove waiting for the water to boil, her eyes fixed on the mysterious white envelope on the table. Finally, the whistle of the kettle startles her back to reality. She turns off the burner and pours the steaming water into her cup before walking over to the table and taking a seat. She takes a deep breath and picks up the envelope, running her eyes over the ornate cursive handwriting on the front, before carefully running her finger along the seal to pry it open and slipping out the folded piece of paper contained within. Mrs. Phaeton, your presence is kindly requested at the Bright Haven Care Home at your earliest availability. This is an urgent matter that requires your immediate attention. Thank you. The letter itself is written with a typewriter and remains unsigned. Magpie frowns. Bright Haven? She'd only been there a handful of times back when she was in high school, usually for events or to go shopping with her mother. She had no connection to it otherwise. Who could have possibly sent this letter, and how do they know her true identity? Magpie folds the letter back up and returns it to its envelope, then places it in her pocket for safekeeping. She doesn't want it getting into the wrong hands. After all this time, it would be very troublesome for her if people were to find out she isn't actually Farfalla. She ponders how she can even get to Brighthaven. It's too far to walk, and she doesn't have a vehicle. "'I'll ask Mr. Tofetto to bring me with him next time he goes for supplies,' she says out loud, as she grabs her notepad and pen to jot down her request. At first it was difficult to remain mute, but she has grown accustomed to finding other ways to communicate with people when the need arises. "'There,' she says, holding up her note.' She slips on her shoes and walks to the corner to deliver her request to the bakery. Two days later, Magpie is riding in the passenger seat of Mr. Tofetto's delivery truck. She smiles as he sings along with the songs on the radio and looks out the window at the sunlit fields and beautiful country houses. Finally, they pull up to the Brighthaven Care Home, a large beige brick building that had once served as a convent. I'll come back here to pick you up at 3 p.m., okay? says Mr. Tofeto, making eye contact with her to ensure she understands him. Magpie nods and lets herself out of the truck. She stops to look up at the building, the sunlight reflecting from its many windows. It is surrounded by ancient trees, their leaves reaching far above the roof of the three-story building, and Magpie can hear a chorus of birds welcoming the day. Statues stand guard in multiple alcoves in the front of the building. She counts six of them. They're surrounded by windows, each framed with bright white shutters, their glass reflecting the bright green of the budding trees. Magpie walks nervously to the massive oak doors, it's wood carved with intricate symbols, and gives the brass doorknocker three loud taps. A moment later, she hears echoing footsteps on the other side, and the door swings open inwards. Magpie is surprised to see a small woman dressed all in white, down to her shoes and socks, with a veil covering her hair. Magpie's brow furrows as she briefly wonders if she is in the right place. The woman notices her confused expression and smiles. "'I'm Sister Agnes. Please come in,' she says." Her voice soft and reassuring. She gestures toward the space beyond the door, and Magpie steps inside. She takes a moment to marvel at the art hanging on the walls, then lets her gaze travel over the beautifully tiled floor and the architecture of the ornate pillars and woodwork throughout the hall. Most people don't realize that several of us nuns stayed on to care for the residents here after the convent was converted, she explains. Agnes pauses to give Magpie time to take in the space, then asks, Are you here to see someone in particular? Magpie nods and pulls the envelope out from her pocket. Ah, I see. Yes. Follow me, says Agnes and walks at a fast pace down the hall, then up a grand staircase to the second floor. She guides Magpie down a long hallway to the very last room, and knocks gently on the door before turning the knob and swinging it open. The room inside is dark. All the shades are drawn. The nun steps through the door, disappearing in the shadows beyond. Mr. Corbeau, she says her voice echoing into the hallway. Your guest is here. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Wingspan Chapter 35, Closure, where Magpie finds out the identity of the person who requested her presence at the care home. The Skylark Bell is brought to you by Fate & Starling Publishing and features original music by Canal. If you're enjoying this story, please consider leaving a rating or review. This helps give the podcast visibility so others can find and enjoy the story. You can also support my work by a donation through my podcast provider or by subscribing to my Patreon, where you get early access to episodes as well as mp3 downloads of the music and so much more. Just check the show notes for all relevant links to my website, Patreon, and social media accounts. Before I go, I'd like to share this reel for a podcast I quite enjoy called The Nightcap. Listen to Tales of the Unusual and Unexplained. If you enjoy the strange atmosphere of the Skylark Bell, you'll want to check them out.
0: Greetings, friends. Do you have a taste for the unknown? Are your days plagued with thoughts of the strange and morbid? Has your bloodlust for knowledge of the most sadistic killers that has ever walked the earth ever been satisfied? If not, then I'm here to help. Welcome to the Nightcap, where nothing is taboo and the topics are always fresh. Join me by the fire on the first of every month for tales of terror and stories of the sadistic. Learn why your neighbor might be hiding a horrible secret, or if that conspiracy theory you thought was false, turn up to be real, whatever your dark desire. I have what you need. You can find me on Spotify, Radio Public, and Anchor with more ways to listen coming soon. Without further ado, be safe, stay curious, and now, back to your program.
1: Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Melissa Oliveri, author and host and producer of the Skylark Bell Podcast.